welcome back to another episode of a truth matters podcast this series is called a piece of my mind because i am cynthia beaudry and i am sharing with you a piece p-e-a-c-e of my mind this means that we cover issues of faith topics of christian encouragement we talk about fundamentals of christianity and more than anything i just want to encourage and equip you guys to love jesus more Today, specifically, we are going to be talking about temptation. And as a small group leader for women for over 10 years, overcoming temptation is a conversation that we regularly had. Not to mention, it's something that I have personally dealt with for the past 37 years. Yes, I'm 37. I have literally been tempted and vulnerable to temptation for 37 years. So I have a lot to say about it. If Paul says he was chief sinner, then I I think I'm captain. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about temptation, what, what it is. We're going to define it and we're going to see what the Bible says about it and also talk about practical ways to withstand it. I want to back up this discussion with the word of God. And at the same time, some of it are, is going to be patterns and observations that I have learned and noticed just from dealing with it in my own life. Temptation is a part of the human condition. We've all experienced it and we've all dealt with it. So it's something that's universal. So you are not alone if you've been tempted before. So let's just start off with that, that it's part of everyone's uh, human nature. But let's define temptation before we start. I want to just make it so simple for you. And there's like biblical definitions and theological definitions, but to sum it up and just to be really simple with the definition, it's basically an act in which you can be faithful or unfaithful to God. It is a solicitation to that which is of evil. Satan is called a tempter in Matthew 4, 3. So it's an, a solicitation to, to do something that is evil. We also have to remember that Satan is a part of this vulnerability, this this experience that we have, because he is called the tempter. And one of the ways that he attacks us and leads us astray is by soliciting us towards evil. Another way that I like to look at temptation that helps me in my mind and helps me to understand it better is anytime I get my needs met apart from Christ, or I allow my needs to be met on my own terms. So whether that need is for control, for affirmation, for affection, for acceptance, approval, you know, God created us with these needs and, and I can get them met on my own terms in illegitimate ways, in uh, sinful ways, or I can look to Jesus to be the provision to meet those needs in my life. So I can choose to get my needs met in unhealthy ways, or I can choose to get them met in healthy ways. And temptation is the solicitation to get them met in unhealthy ways. Now, also in the definition of temptation, I want to define what it, what it, it is not. Temptation is not sin. That's a big deal, you guys. So Jesus was tempted and he was sinless. He lived a perfect sinless life. In Matthew chapter four, we see that Jesus is tested and, and tempted in the wilderness by Satan. It says that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, which that means it's from the Bible. It's a Bible verse he's responding with. Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then it happens again in two more instances in that specific chapter of Matthew, where Jesus is tempted 
by the devil three times and three times Jesus responds with another verse from the Bible. Do not put the Lord your God to the test or away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So we see that Jesus was tempted. So being tempted is not a sin. So now that we've defined temptation, let's talk about some of the characteristics that I've noticed that come along with temptation and some of the elements of it. I've noticed that temptation is usually done and happens in secrecy when we're alone you know exactly what i'm talking about it's when we're alone that we're tempted to watch things on the tv that we're not supposed to or we're tempted to eat or drink things that we know are not good for us or it's when we're alone it's when we decide to uh, to go to the place that we know we're not supposed to now if we fall into temptation or we're being tempted with someone else you too are usually by yourself But again, there's an element of secrecy of temptation. And later on, we're going to talk about some of the practical ways that we can move out of secrecy, move out of isolation to protect ourselves and be proactive in temptation. Something else that I've noticed about temptation is that we tend to rationalize or justify when we are being tempted. There's these questions or these, these things that we tell ourselves, just a little bit won't hurt us, or I've already done this, so I might as well just do this too. And Or when someone asks us about it, the place that we're vulnerable, ask us about it, the thing that we're vulnerable in, we kind of make excuses or we justify it or, you know, well, it, it technically wasn't gossip because I was just usually, I was just processing my feelings. <laughs> so secrecy and rationalization and justification are some of the characteristics of temptation. Something else that I've noticed is there's a doubt that comes in that make not not in every instant, but sometimes there's a doubt that may come in to doubt God's character, to doubt his word or to doubt his word about us. So that question in the garden in Genesis three, you know, when the the serpent, when the snake came to, to Eve, it says that he was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree of the garden? So there is that element of doubt. Hmm. I don't, maybe not. I'm not sure. So doubting God's character, doubting what he says is another element or characteristic of temptation. And it's an age old tactic of the enemy to do that to us. Um, Another another characteristic is depletion or HALT. HALT is an acronym. In recovery groups, there's an acronym called HALT, and it just basically stands for hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And it means that these basic needs that we have are not being met. And so we become vulnerable or susceptible to self-destructive behaviors and to temptation and to falling into sin. It just means we are vulnerable to fight, too weak to fight. For me, I had to extend my HALT acronym to include hungry, angry, lonely, tired, broke, because I noticed that when I was 
was financially strapped was when I was having a hard time trusting in God and that I was I was being tempted to have fear and to make bad choices, right? So mines include broke. Another time is hormonal. Sometimes when I'm hormonal, I act out or I lash out in, in, in an inappropriate way. Or sometimes when I need a hair dye and feel ugly or I have acne or something is happening physically where I just don't feel good. So my basically my HALT acronym is really long. It's like HALT. <laughs> but I just know it's good to know that when I'm experiencing these things, when I'm hungry, when I'm angry and when I'm lonely, when I, when I have my basic needs, not when they're not being met, that I become vulnerable. I'm success susceptible. I don't know why I keep saying it if I can't say it. <laughs> I become vulnerable, vulnerable to temptation. <laughs> oh my word. Okay. So at the end of 40 days, Jesus was fasting for 40 days. And at the end of 40 days, um, the scripture says that Jesus was hungry. So talk about a basic need not being met. He was, he had gone so long with the basic need for food not being met. And he was exposed and he was he was by himself he was in secret <laughs> and satan saw that as an opportunity to tempt him and of course he did and we we talked about that a little bit earlier so that's another element of temptation is when we tend to be depleted or halt halted or vulnerable um, when we are most vulnerable to, to temptation Another thing about, about temptation is we, we kind of forget, like it just like gets wiped out of our mind, specifically the, the consequences and the responsibility that come after it. Like temptation is so alluring in the moment and it's so like enticing and it looks so good. And we totally forget that there's drastic and real consequences on the other end if we submit to temptation. So we don't realize that that's there. It's all of a sudden we're just like, da, da, da. Like <laughs> we don't have the smarts about us to remember and to think about those consequences. We can think that the devil made us do it, but ultimately we have to take responsibility for our actions. So if we fall into temptation and we sin, we have to deal with this shame. We have to deal with the disconnect. Sometimes there's natural consequences. Sometimes there's disease, there's burdens. If I'm tempted to gamble all of my money, then I'm going to be broke. That's the consequence. If I'm tempted to look at well, actually, this is a story that I'm going to tell you about. I knew someone who was looking at porn on their phone and well, their phone got a virus. Their phone froze and poof, it was done. This really expensive, beautiful smartphone done and not and, and, and to no use. It was so lame. But you know what? That was a repercussion that they had to face because they fell into temptation. When Jesus says to do something or not to do something, it's because he wants to protect us. He wants to keep us from having to pay the price. He wants to keep us from those consequences. So there's a biblical principle that um, is just basically when what you sow is what you reap. If you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. And I do not have time for corruption in my life. I have a lot of issues. I have a lot on my life plate to deal with. I don't need to add to it by being tempted and making stupid choices. So consequences and responsibilities are always going to be there on the other end of temptation. And we tend to forget about it. So those are some of the, the elements of temptation. 
But what does the Bible say about it? I want to read some scriptures to you um, that have helped me in learning about temptation and learning how I can withstand it. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That is a, a wonderful, beautiful, true promise that when we resist the devil, he has to go. He flees from us. Hebrews 2, 8 says, Because Jesus himself was suffered has suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. The very realization and the truth that Jesus helps you and me when we're in the midst of temptation is amazing. The God of the universe helps us in our weaknesses and our vulnerabilities and temptations. So that's just a beautiful verse, Hebrews 2.18. And then another one that's one of my favorites is 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So look for the way out in the moment of temptation. There have been times where I have been alone and in the moment of temptation, right before I chose to enter into the solicitation of the flesh, I get a text or I get a phone call from someone and I look at my phone and I, and I have that choice. I can choose the way out that God is providing for me, or I could just continue on to engage in temptation and fall into sin eventually. And so I was, I remember just thinking like blatantly when that happened once, like, wow, I just got a text. Like this person says, Hey, what are you doing? You want to hang out? Um, I could hang out or I could just stay in this room doing stupid stuff, watching things I shouldn't be doing. And God was faithful. Just like this verse says, it's literal. He provided a way out in the midst of temptation. Another time I remembered I was tempted to curse God. I was tempted to just be angry and accuse him because I didn't feel like he was providing for me financially. But instead of kind of wallowing in that temptation or following through with that temptation, I decided to leave my room. I just decided I need to get up and walk out instead of allowing these thoughts to infiltrate my mind. I'm going to get up and and leave my room. And I remember, okay, now what do I do? (laughs) Where do I go? Oh, I'm going to check the mail. I haven't checked the mail in a couple days. I go to the mail and there was an actual check. I checked the mail and there was a check. (laughs) There was a check in the mail. God was so faithful. And because I I chose not to give into the temptation to accuse him and to curse him, uh, instead, I said, you know what? I'm not even going to entertain these thoughts. I'm just going to do something re- you know, practical and just go about my day. And I did. And God provided for me financially. He's so faithful to pi- provide a way out for- in the midst of temptation. There is another scripture that doesn't necessarily talk about temptations, but it is my go-to for this topic. Let's read it together. Acts chapter 19, verse 13. It starts. Some Jews went around driving out evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. Did I just read that correctly? Did you understand what I just read? <laughs> Sometimes I say things that I'm like, that doesn't, make, that doesn't make any sense. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, they were doing this. And one day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. 
This is a real scripture. It's in the Bible, Acts chapter 19. I remember reading this going, wait, what? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> Stop. So these guys, they didn't know Jesus, but they were trying to invoke the name of Jesus. And they were praying over people who were demon possessed. And someone who was demon possessed was like, uh, Jesus, I know you're using Jesus's name. And I know Jesus and you're using Paul's name. And I know Paul, but I don't know who you are. And the, the man with the evil spirit just basically just beat the crap out of them. And they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. The word I know, this is interesting because when I discovered this, I was kind of like, oh, wow, that's intense. So Jesus, I know, Paul, I know. The word know means know of, understand, referring to or gain, referring to gaining knowledge by prolonged acquaintance. How creepy is that? These demons were basically saying we have known and understand and we have gained knowledge by prolonged acquaintance of Jesus and Paul. They were studying the apostles. They were studying Jesus. They were well acquainted with them. So when I realized that there were evil spirits that were studying me and knowing my vulnerabilities, and when I knew that integrity means doing the right thing when no one is looking because someone actually is looking, God is looking, the devil and his minions are looking. I'm actually never alone and I am being studied. I am known. This makes me think twice when I'm in the clutches of temptation, really seriously. It makes me think twice because then I remember there's a spiritual battle going on and I don't want to be ensnared and I need to move out of the secrecy, <laughs> literally. So I want to talk now about practical ways, how we can overcome in temptation, overcome temptation. The first thing is the word of God. We read earlier Jesus being in the wilderness, being tempted by Satan, and he combats Satan's temptations with the word of God. We literally can do the same thing. When we can begin to learn about the character of God, what he says in his word that he will do for us, who he says he is, who he says we are in him, what he says Satan's strategies are to, to get us to try to be defeated. We can learn all about that in the word. And when we get that word of truth sown deep into our hearts, it helps us be strategic against Satan. It helps us be aware and strong and equipped to combat Satan. But like, no, 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 you don't get to tempt me with this because Bible says this, God is going to do this, or I am this. <laughs> So the word of God is so important in, in, in the most important way in how we can overcome and withstand temptation. Another way that we can do this is confession, especially when I notice myself beginning to rationalize and justify. If there's an area in my life where I'm beginning to make excuses and kind of justifying and rationalizing, I'm like, mm, I should probably tell someone about that. And I do. Uh, or when I begin to isolate over a matter and I'm by myself in secrecy, I should, well, I should probably move out and tell my community or I should go to my community and and, and do that and, and tell someone. Um, Cy Rogers, I, I mentioned him in a previous podcast, but one of his quotes is, don't keep secrets with Satan. Just don't. <laughs> don't do it. Tell your community, find safe people in your church to share with. Tell them what you're going through. Tell them what you're feeling, you're experiencing. Tell them what you're thinking. Tell them what those doubts are. James 5, 16 says, if we confess our sins to one another and we pray for each other, we will be healed. The righteous prayer, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful. It's effective. Many years ago, before I got married, there was a time where I felt insecure and kind of lonely. I felt like no one would ever desire me as a wife. And so I was vulnerable to temptation. 
And somehow, some way, I stumbled into this online relationship. I don't know how it happened. Of course not. I'm sure that the devils who studied me knew exactly what to send me at that time. And so I found myself in this online relationship with this person that said they were a Christian, but there was something off about it. I felt a check in my spirit. I knew it wasn't healthy. And even though it didn't cross into anything sexual or romantic, there was something about it that just wasn't right. So I decided to tell a close girlfriend confession. And I told her, I said, hey, I I found myself in this, you know, talking to this guy online. He's a Christian. We've been talking regularly, but I just wanted to tell you because I don't, it's not in a bad place, but I feel like maybe it could go into a bad or unhealthy place. And she was so gracious. She was able to reflect to me and remind me that God had better options for me than that. She reminded me that I was valuable. I didn't need to feast on internet breadcrumbs. She reminded me that delayed gratification is a virtue and that I shouldn't be spending my time relating, you know, to this, to this counterfeit reality, to this counterfeit relationship because God had more for me. And then in the end, she told me that I should probably find a counselor to help me work through some of my emotional mess. I walked away annoyed, I remember, but I knew she was right. Uh, eventually, I did cut off that online friendship. Actually, very shortly after that conversation with my, my girlfriend, uh, I cut it off and because I did feel the conviction of God over it. And instead of relating online to someone in, in an unhealthy way, I chose to relate to the community that I really that I had in real life. I wasn't paired in a romantic relationship yet, and yet I knew the reality that God said I was valuable, that I was whole, and that I didn't have to be insecure about who he made me to be. And I can't remember how long after that, but um, I know for sure that that was the last time I engaged with a man online in in a flirtatious level. And I just stopped it. I knew it wasn't wasn't good for me. I didn't, I didn't want to do that anymore, that, that type of, um, relationship. And I pursued Jesus. I began to be filled and satisfied. And eventually I met my husband. I was actually, when I met Brian and God told me that Brian was my husband, I was actually kind of frustrated because it was at that point that I knew I didn't need a man. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I needed to feel secure or whole. I already felt secure and whole in the Lord. And, um, and so that was a blessing that I was able to confess to my friend and she pointed me back to Jesus and she pointed me back to the reality. And so confession is an amazing way that we can, um, withstand and overcome temptation. Another way, number three, pluck your eye out. If your eye causes you to stumble, the Bible says, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than have to two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Like that's a literal verse in the Bible. Of course, it's hyperbole. It's not to be taken literally, but the context or the meaning behind it is just be desperate to toss away that anything, toss away anything that brings you to sin. So if your phone is a temptation, lock it down. If your laptop is a temptation, maybe God is saying, give it away. If Netflix is a temptation, cancel it. We have to be dramatic. We have to be serious about getting sin out of our lives. And so pluck our eye out, pluck our eyes out. There's practical ways we can do that. If we have roommates that are bad influences, move out. 
we have to flee youthful lust. We don't stand in the face of it. We don't entertain it. We don't analyze it. We have got to flee. So um, sometimes that means getting dramatic and making drastic changes. If your vulnerability in, in your temptation is so blazingly intense, then we have to, in that moment, do everything we can to pluck our eye out, whatever that means and whatever that looks like for you. If we need a filter on our phone, if we need an accountability partner to check in, um, if we know that every time we drive in a certain part of uh, town that we're tempted to stop at this particular store, then let's drive the long way instead where we need to go. We're going to have to make sacrifices because a lot is at stake. Sometimes our marriages are at stake. Sometimes our relationship with God is at stake, our peace, your inheritance as, as a Christian, your ministry, your children, your calling, it's at stake. And so we have to do everything that we can to be protective um, against it, a temptation, against vulnerability. So pluck your eye out if you need to, <laughs> if you need to. Um, and number four, ask the deeper questions. Look at the roots. Sometimes temptations can say a lot about an issue that has gone awry in our lives. For me, when I was entertaining the online relationship in, you know, in particular, I had to go back to God and ask him, you know, why am I so vulnerable in this situation? Um, and the reality was the root cause and the root belief system that I was operating under was that I didn't believe God could provide for me a husband. I didn't believe that I was beautiful and that I deserved to be loved. There are deeper issues there. And so sometimes the temptation can lead us to where uh, we can address these deep issues. Sometimes there's deep accusations against who God is. Um, the temptation is you know, just, just surface on, on the surface and underneath there's rotten parts that need to be healed. So ask God, why is this specific thing making me so vulnerable? Why is it enticing? I remember one time during my marriage, just feeling disconnected emotionally for a couple days. And I don't remember if it was because there was something specific that had gone on in between us or if that we were just busy. Um, I just knew that we hadn't connected and well, lo and behold, that specific week of Facebook friend requests from an ex. No, no, delete, disable, block, shut it down, deactivate, no. It was easy for me to see, see the satanic strategy there. And I, I saw the temptation and instead I said, nope, I'm gonna connect with God and I'm gonna thank him for the way out. Thank you, Jesus, the way out is block on Facebook. <laughs> and then I told Brian, hey, I'm feeling disconnected um, and that concerns me, I really need you right now. And so the deeper issue for me there in my temptation was just the, the disconnect. So ask the deeper questions, look at the roots. They are there, I'm sure. Another way we can withstand temptation is to make sure the basic needs are met. Remember the halt that we talked about earlier? And stay plugged in community. Hebrews 10, 25 says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. So basic needs, if you need rest, rest. If you're hungry, <laughs> eat something. If you're angry, go make amends, seek forgiveness, seek restoration. If you're lo lonely, go to the small group that your church has. There's a prayer meeting every month and you know you never go, so it's time to go. <laughs> Just be encouraged though, because God provides a way out and his spirit empowers us in and through it. And if we withstand, we resist and flee from temptation, it's going to pass. The intensity, the lure of it, it's going to fade. And also be encouraged that like the closer you get to Jesus, the farther away from temptations you get. Not that we won't be tempted because my temptations don't, I'm still tempted. I'm still human, but they don't look the same as they did 15 years ago. 
15 years ago, 20 years ago, I was completely vulnerable to sexual temptation, porn and masturbation. And today, because I've grown in Christ, because I plugged into him, I've connected with the local body, I've taken practical steps to be successful, and uh, I've asked the deeper questions and allowed God to heal those deep needs and the wounds of my heart. The devil knows he can't tempt me the same way he did before. So now you know what temptation looks like for me? I'm just gonna be real honest with you guys. Now I'm tempted to spend money without my husband knowing. <laughs> I'll break the budget. <laughs> you know, get my eyebrows waxed or my hair did and not tell him that I spent the money. That's just a real deal. But my temptation looks different. And, and, and I feel like I'm in a better place. I'm not in the trenches of sin anymore. And, and that feels good to me. I'm encouraged because I know I've been, I've grown closer to Jesus. And at the same time, I don't always get it right. I'm human. But the good news is when you and I yield to temptation, there is forgiveness available through Jesus Christ. Jesus always forgives us. He is so faithful to forgive us. The Bible says a righteous person falls seven times and seven times they rise up again. And so each time I submitted to the solicitation of sin, I forfeited my peace. I know it. I, I, I've done that. I've been there, done that. I don't want to do that. I don't want you to do that. I don't want to heap shame on myself. I don't want to cause disconnect, disconnect between me and God and me and my community. I don't want to cause grief to my husband and to God's heart. I don't want that anymore. God has provision and he has promises and power for us. I don't want to delay it. I don't want to forfeit it. I want to walk in it, don't you? And so I am just wanting us to be excellent dwelling places of, for his spirit. I want us to be holy vessels, set apart, blameless. We don't have to be poor imitations of Jesus. We can be excellent dwelling places. You know, Jesus, he's strong, he's unwavering, he's passionate, he's powerful. He lives in you and he lives in me. If you are in the trenches of sin and temptation is at your heels right, right now, open your eyes, ask God, look for a way out. Show, show me the way, Lord. Say to ask him. Say, I need a way out, and he will be faithful to provide you a, a way of escape in the midst of temptation. Talk about it with someone you trust. Ask Jesus to empower you. Cling to his word. Open up the Bible. Just find out what he has to say about the specific issue and vulnerability in your life. And if you have just recently fallen, if you've yielded to temptation just recently, and right now you're sitting in shame, perhaps you're dealing with the natural consequences of your sin, there's forgiveness. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to apply his love as a balm over the wounded places of your heart and your spirit. And you appropriate the work that Jesus did on the cross for you. He forgave you at salvation. He can forgive you today. Receive his peace. Go and sin no more. I love the scripture in Matthew 5, 8. It says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And pure means clean, pure, unstained, literally ceremonially or spiritually, guiltless, innocent, and upright. I want that for us. I want us to have pure hearts. We will be blessed and we will see God. I want to see God and I know you want to see God. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you join me again next week and we're going to continue talking about faith topics. Thank you and God bless you.